While Beauty Lab and Laser is a professional licensed medical facility, the hosts of this podcast are not medical professionals, nor do they claim to be. The opinions on this podcast are for entertainment only. Please seek a licensed medical professional for all medical questions. Hi, and welcome to Live Love Lab, the behind-the-scenes podcast from Beauty Lab and Laser. I'm your host, Heather. I'm joined by... Dre. And together, we are Dre. <laughs> together, we are Drether. <laughs> But she wants to say it together. I want to say it together so badly. And I've written here on the notes, God help us all. Because I know that she's going to continue to look at me with these bright eyes full of hope, full of anticipation. Like, can we do it? Can Let's we say do it. it. Let's Come try. on. Okay. And together, together we, we are together. And that's why I don't do it, you guys. Because it's cringing and I haven't even heard it on the I back. love it so much. I just crossed out God help us all because he didn't. He abandoned me. <laughs> Don't you mean she? And now we're all alone in the world. Don't you mean she? she? Oh, I know. <laughs> toxic masculinity. We'll get into that. Yep. So um, today we are joined by one of my very best friends in the whole world, Kat Abke, lawyer extraordinaire. Hello. Lady lawyer. She's a, one of those lady lawyers. You know them. Opinionated. Successful. Kat is um, one of our uh, attorneys here at Beauty Lab. Also, the best. We only hire the best. Um, but she also. No BS. Yeah. All the best, no BS. <laughs> but she also happens to be one of my very best friends from college, and we've been friends for years. That is so funny because you said that not too long ago that you introduced me as your friend from college, and I was like, Am I your friend from college? Is that what it was? And then, like, like, but then I was oh, yeah, you graduated actually, from college. Yeah, because right? I was already, like, because. I was in college. You were in college, and <laughs> no, I, was I am not. Several years older than you. <laughs> No one needs to know that. But but I remember you said it, and I was just like, yeah, I am her friend from college, but like not from my college, but from her college. Yes, yes. that's true. I was her friend when she was in college. Yes. Where did you go to school? For undergrad, yeah. um, Michigan. And then law school? At the U. At the U. So I was at the U at the same time as Yeah, when undergrad. I was in undergrad. Did you, did you just want to say to her, like, I don't call it college, I call it law school? Yeah. But that's fine. That is what, yeah. <laughs> that's the truth, though. But, like, it I is different. It is for different. For sure, yeah. Well, because sure. you have your college friends. Yes. And I know, like, I love your college friends. Yeah, so that's why, when, when you said it not too long ago, I was just like, Huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I see. I just associate. I'm like, this is from my waiting tables days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I associate that time, though, with being in school. And because I was in, in undergrad at the U and you were at the law school there. And it was so fun. It was the best time. It was the best of times. It was, it was when I was slinging wonton chicken salads <laughs> like a boss. Sounds like delicious. I have not even seen one on a menu in quite a while. It was well, epic. We you could guys go remember to shenanigans in downtown Salt Lake ever? No. They had a wonton chicken salad. Mm. Um, I saw Jean Kwan at Whole Foods this week. Shut up. <laughs> I was like, how was jail? <laughs> you can edit that out. <laughs> but I mean, well, it's public no, record. It's public record that we're keeping it. Um, for sure. That was jail. What did Jean Kwan go to jail for? That we I think it was like embezzlement, mm-hmm. I want to say. Yeah. Embezzlement is a real crime. People it sure yeah. is. We've been shocked at how like serious embezzlement is. Yeah. Like, and sinister. Well, so yeah, but sinister. Like, they don't mess around with it. Like I The know. law is so cut and dry on that one. I know. Yeah, so... Sorry about it. Are we recording? <laughs> yes. So, um, Kat and I actually did... We, it was college days, but we met... Through Jean Kwan, um, who apparently through, was it's true, actually. <laughs> giving you yeah, the money really the table. We 100%. were, um, Kat and I both were waiting tables at the same sushi place in Park City, and it was so fun. 
food service industry. It's the best. I everyone should do it. Everyone should do it. You haven't. Yeah. Or no, you have. Well, teddy bears frozen yogurt yeah. <laughs> that I use as leverage to get a lead employee position at Golden Swirl. And that funded me through Ellie my school. <laughs> small vanilla Swiss chocolate. Or small swirl. You know, small vanilla. Extra stingy on the sprinkles. I, I would always overdo it unless, like, the manager was there. Because then you knew you had They're, to like, counting that stuff. Yeah. They didn't mess around with the sprinkle quantities. Um... Oh, good times. There's no friendships like the friendships you make when you're in the service industry. <laughs> so say. true. It's so true. Shout out to Chris May. <laughs> Daddy Bears. So do you remember when you guys first met? Did you first meet as like coworkers? Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do yep. you remember like your first impressions of each other? Yeah, I do. I remember mine of yours. Let's hear of it, you. Kat. Do you want Let's me to go it. first? Yeah, you should, like, because I feel like I've told you mine, like, so many times, because we've... I've well, never heard either, so okay. I'm, I'm very Wait, vested. I'm, I'm thinking of Beth's, maybe. But mine is the same as hers. Okay. Because, <laughs> okay. Because, okay, the... so here's the backstory. Okay. So, Beth and I, OG, Hoppa crew, well, she was even more OG than me, but I called for a month straight to get a job, because I just moved to Utah from Michigan, mm-hmm. and... 313, shout out. Yeah. <laughs> to the 313. The dirty deep. You've got to in the music. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go there. We're going to go there. You can't even talk about my life without talking about Marshall Mathers. <laughs> and the whole crew. Okay. But, um, so, like, so Beth and I had worked there forever, and so all of a sudden they hire this, like, new hot girl. And mysteriously, she knows all the fucking dudes who work there. <laughs> And, but it turns out that she had only known them you just because just fully from, channeled your mom right now. You looked at me with that expression like, of what? pure joy. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. like, but she knew all the guys who worked there. But it, it turned out that it was only from like from other because we had we said like it was not from casual sex with strangers. <laughs> I was bartending with them yeah. at a different restaurant, and then they just mass. Was it like before Sundance or like for the ski no. season or? It was right before. It was right before Sundance. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I don't remember like the exact because I had like. I but were you pretty territorial, like a new girl on the? Well, we were just like one of their good friends was dating my friend Kevin. Shout out Kevin. Kevin. Kevin Smith, who <laughs> Kevin I got a house from. Oh. Kevin Smith is also the guy that. Yeah, did all those producer, movies, The yeah. Clerks, yeah. and like yeah. all the funny movies. Yeah, the best. But yeah. different Kevin different Smith, Kevin, but who's but also I, from Michigan, which is like... Oh, yeah. yeah he went to Purdue, right? Yeah, yeah. smallest world yeah. on earth. I know. Anyway, he was... So I bartended with him at a restaurant, and then he started dating... Called the Loco Lizard. Called the Loco Lizard. <laughs> yeah. Call him that a restaurant? Cantina. I would call it more of a cantina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, he was dating their friend... Casey and who he married and then but was he even dating her yet he was dating her oh, okay. and that's why you guys were weird about me no I was just weird because you knew like Ryan Franson and you knew all these yeah. other guys <laughs> shout out to Ryan right. who I just saw recently at the spur um is he with Gene Kwan <laughs> he wasn't I just see everyone from my past like Tiny Tim Tell and the something. ghost of Christmas past or whatever it is I'm just like oh, the message from beyond <laughs> I might actually be dead and this is just my life flashing before me but if it's not, Thank I just you, see Charles people. <laughs> um, but I just remember being like, "Who is this girl?" Yeah, who is this girl? And then it turned out we just really liked. It. <laughs> How long did it take? It's like right now, my loins just seized thinking of Beth and Kat being like, "Oh, who is this?" Girl? No, and I, I was. It took like five minutes. I feel like. Yeah, like I immediately. I well, I like 
definitely was like I was like oh they're the bosses like they're the alpha yeah like they I was submissive to them I'll be a wannabe to the queen bees no totally I knew my place and so my first impression of them was just like oh my gosh they're so cool and how do I be friends with them that was like I was I knew they were smart funny amazing and so cool and I was like I must be friends with them so to put this in perspective at the time I think I was 21 and Beth was 22 years old like, that's how young we were. We were so young. And you guys were ex- essentially exactly who you are now. Uh, but it's just weird. Like, in a very, yeah. But that's, so, a, but that's it, like the concept but like Kat, of aging. But Kat you know? was like a skier, and she was like from out of state, and she lived in Park City and was so, so cool. I was so cool. not cool. You were cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to live my best life, and I didn't even know what my best life was because I was living someone else's best life. Was she wearing that t-shirt that says, life. I'm from the same place as Eminem, just <laughs> everywhere she went? Being from she, Detroit is like a curse because to anyone like actually from Michigan, but to everyone in Utah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. But people are always like, if I tell them, they're like, "Oh, you're from Michigan? Like whereabouts?" And I'm like, "From Detroit," because I'm not going to tell them what random suburb I'm from. Well, no one wants to hear Dearborn. <laughs> well, I'm not from Dearborn. Rich white but... <laughs> oh. I, thought, didn't you say I did say Dearborn. Out? Am I wrong? Or your dad? My dad worked in Dearborn. That's right. But that's yeah, right. No, I'm from. You're from Flint, Troy, which oh, Troy, very similar. <laughs> <laughs> No, but like I mean, I never tell. But people always their eyes go wide when they say Detroit. Like, are you are you packing heat? Yeah. Like, do you have a shank with you? Are you about to sell me some drugs? And I'm like, you guys, it's just a bunch of people just like me. They're all in my car. Please. (laughs) (laughs) You think I'm gonna come into this place with all of my things? No, I know better. I took my beanie off. I was raised on this. So, yeah, that would make her, like, where is Beth from, though? Isn't Beth local? Well, so, no, Park City. She was originally from San Diego, but then, like, went to Park City High and everything. So it was, like, these two cool girls that were, like, lived in Park City. Yeah, And I was, like, this single mom that was older, and I I just want to be friends with the cool girls. And they took me in. They really did. And then we were like biggest thieves. Yeah, truly. Oh, like the best years. It was. How many (laughs) years ago was that? Um, Well, Elsha was six, or no, she was three. So that was two thousand six. Yeah, so thirteen years. mm -hmm. Wow, you guys, that's awesome. I know. It was so fun. Shout out to local lizard. (laughs) Shout out the sushi promotion. (laughs) Yep. So, Kat, we talked a little bit about where you're from. Let's talk about like your education and your career. Oh my gosh, you. Do you want to know? Yes. <laughs> listeners want to know. First of all, let's let's just like set the stage a little bit. Cat is smoking hot, like phenomenally beautiful. Like yes. when she marked us this morning, just like <laughs> touching on like confirming this time. Dre and I were both out of sorts, <laughs> one might say. Dre was, was walking like a a post workout side pony. Yep. I had mm-hmm. recent uh, surface. Treatment. Skin resurfacing. <laughs> Skin resurfacing. So I was a raw hamburger. <laughs> and Kat was like quaffed in her, her office. Brows, like perfect, like a little leopard thing with lace camisole, like all the vibes. And just like talked to us skin. like we were normal humans. Yeah. Like, all right, ladies, I will humor you with my presence, but clean it up. Clean it up. Sometimes I have to put my game face on real early. <laughs> and, and I literally the law doesn't wait for anyone. She wake up 4 a.m for this I mean she's hot she's super hot so as a hot person we want you to have more respect for her is what we're saying like just be invested in her education because we know you know 
If it bleeds, it leads. Well, and a lot of people, a lot of people skate by on their looks. True. And Kat could have. But and probably does still and, and, in many I mean, ways. One hundred and fifty percent. I'm like, enjoy this honorary doctorate, Kat. I'm like, God bless you. <laughs> no. But you are very, very smart, and like you've put yourself through all of the schools. I'm just a person who did well in school but hated it the entire time, <laughs> which is so funny. Yeah, because my sister also hated school but decided to make a career out of it what where she's she like do? 11 years for an undergrad fine <laughs> <laughs> i'll raise you one i'll do a master's degree now hope you enjoy it yeah no she's getting her master's degree right now i didn't in like, know she was um, yeah and like karen social work or yeah social she wants to be like a therapist that's great cool. yeah she like loves she huh. loves working with the and kids helping people, and which is just she is so opposed to everything I do. Like, I literally go to work every day just to make sure poor people don't get money. And <laughs> well, tell us, like, so you grew up in Michigan, Detroit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and went to undergrad where? Did we talk about that already? Yeah, at University of Michigan okay. in Ann Arbor, mm-hmm. which was the best. It yeah. was the best time ever. The best school. You hate Ohio State, right? I hate Ohio State. Yeah. I mostly hate Michigan State. I mostly love like college rivalries because they're so like deeply rooted and cultural. So yeah. I'm like, fascinated by them. Like, and I know Ohio State and University of Michigan hate each other, right? Um, yes. Is that and the rivalry? Is that the true rivalry? I think if you're like a like a diehard Michigan sports fan, yes, that is the like official okay. rivalry. However, I have never once cared and. <laughs> But no, truly, that is like the thing. It's like, oh, Ohio State. Like, I do remember once being drunk at a tailgate and yelling at a man who was wearing like the Ohio State. Like, it's a nut. Is there? Is there? It's a nut. The Buckeye. Go on. Yeah, it's it's a nut, and like their their mascot is like a giant nut. Gotta say, look at this guy in his freaking nut costume. <laughs> you know, not my best five minutes. Because <laughs> I, I really just don't care. But yeah, um, so that was the thing. And then um, I was really over that by the time it was over and moved to Park City. Um, and yeah, went to law school here at the U. And it was... University of Utah is a good law school, right? Isn't it like yeah. here? Yeah, I think it's in like the top 50 schools. Yeah. Like it's always, it's somewhere always around there. And what like drew you here? Um, <laughs> well, as Andrea knows, my my ex-husband, then boyfriend, was really the reason why I came here. I wouldn't have came for any other, like Utah was not on my radar whatsoever. But I haven't. Just a girl in love is really what the story is about. Right. <laughs> let's, yes. Let's, one let's say. law school aside. It was mostly a like girl me. in love. <laughs> the packed a suitcase, got on a bus, and followed her dream boat. Listen. Imagine like someone, you know, like who's that Jean Valjean, like on the island, the prison island. Just like, that's me in Detroit, just trying to scratch my way out of like, I can't continue to live here. There isn't a future here. Oh, there's an opportunity yonder. Like, yeah. The wild. Oh, Wild need to go. West. Yeah, and I and I love. I mean, you move to Park City, and you can't help but it's the best. Yeah, it's yeah. Park City, Park City is, is it's awesome. It's the best place to live. And then I met all these amazing people and made a lot of friends like very early on, like Andrea and and I keep calling you Andrea today, and I never call you that. I always call I you Dre. It's so weird, but it, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's official. It's very official. official. But yeah, it, and so that's yeah, that's how I ended up here. It's awesome. And doing been here how many school. years then? Like, I moved here in. December of 2005 is when I officially moved here full time. And then I had been here for like 
six months before that. So do you ever see yourself leaving? Yes. Yeah, I actually think my time may be close to done. Like, <gasps> yeah, I just feel that way. Like, yeah, I don't, no, I, but I, I, I have nothing. I have no plans. As an atheist, she just like bases <laughs> this on her own intuition. Yeah, exactly. I just fly by the seat of my pants because because I feel like in life opportunities come up when you don't expect them, mm-hmm. and so I feel ready for like a new challenge or a new thing. So like, if something popped up tomorrow, I'd probably be like, yeah, let's do it. So this is a weird logistical question, but like, as an attorney, you can move anywhere, but you have to pa- pass the bar there to practice yeah. law. It's a huge Can pain. you telecommute, though? Could you continue to practice law for Utah clients, even though you lived in California or Detroit yeah. or Yeah, you can do that. Like, I mean, you can you can still practice wherever you're licensed, but but ab- having just gotten licensed in another state, I mean, it took me an entire year. Wyoming? No, she, Montana. Oh, Montana, Montana. Montana. <laughs> I'm sorry, back mountain. Very what? same. I mean, it's almost the same thing. So, um, But that was a big deal. Yeah, it was a huge... It was a big deal. It was just... It's like such a pain. It, it's just because every it's all about money. Everyone just wants to make yeah. Their dollar. It just yeah. seems like absolutely ridiculous that we have like a national and federal government, but still do state licensing. I don't understand it. I mean, I understand it. Well, then no one, no one write in. I get it. <laughs> I understand it. When when but. I started law school and all these people were, you know, they talk about the dichotomy between like the states and the federal system and like what is the state's right and what's not, and I never. I never really understood that concept before because I always saw the United States as such a like unified situation. But that's, America, it is not that way at all. No. And I didn't even. I mean, this is me, first year of law school, going, "What?" Like I had no idea. And so you get all these like states' rights people who are like states' rights. And yeah, they're yeah. militant. Well, we've learned a lot about it just as business owners because you know our injectors are really popular and they have kind of a national audience. And so a lot of our Fans and followers are like, come to Ohio, yeah. come yeah. to California, and it's, it's not logistically that yeah. really difficult. It's mm-hmm. easier for like medical practitioners though to move from state to state because there is a lot of cross recruitment and there's places that always want to bring in people from other states. Sure, it's a lot easier to do that than it is for like an attorney to get licensed. I mean, I mean, really, truly, the the requirements and the hoops that we had to go through to get licensed in Montana was ridiculous it's crazy it's crazy so interesting so for you to leave and move it would be an investment and you'd be like invested and ready to do it so um kat let's talk about our main subject today so one night if anybody listened to the podcast last week casey our other attorney um, who is also one of my partners at yes. my law firm, who's amazing. Yes. Um, the four of us had gone to dinner, and Kat made... It was made, so fun. It was like, so fun. It's the it Casey was, show. That night was, like, epically fun. Why have we not repeated it, like... A hundred times? You guys are just hanging out with Casey and... and <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, it was... And we were... Okay, so let's... Who wants to set the scene? So, we were at dinner... Um, at Bar George, shout out. And our our uh, server came over and we were trying to pick a wine. It was four and, of us, three women, mm-hmm. one man. Yeah, and like, <laughs> not to brag, but like, Kat and I are pretty good at picking wine, right? I mean, it's pretty much our job. <laughs> and you guys were talking the talk. Yeah. Like, you, were, you knew what you were doing. You were like conversing, you were like debating. Yeah. And for some reason, the server kept... Like referring or kept Only like, ad- really yeah, addressing. like addressing Casey, and we were like, 
This is okay. not John LeBaron and his three wives. Okay, was, let's clarify. It was quite odd. And, and then when he brought the bottle over, he presented mm-hmm. it not to the women who had ordered it, but to Casey. Yeah. For his approval. Yeah. And if Casey deemed it appropriate, the man was going to pour the rest of us a glass. Casey would have literally deemed Franzia appropriate. <laughs> Casey would have said, is there an alcohol content? Serve it's like, it up. cheers. <laughs> We love you, Casey, but you're, I mean, he knows this. Leave, leave this to us. Yeah, We've so got he this. like finally poured everyone a drink mm-hmm. and then we were going to do a toast and Kat said, <laughs> another night ruined by toxic masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> and we all died. And it was we so funny. repeated that toast, that epic toast. I mean, so every many times. day. Yeah. Like, and yet another wonderful afternoon ruined by toxic masculinity or another (laughs) podcast. So we thought we'd ruin your afternoon (laughs) by the toxic masculinity that is all around us. And when Dre and I first talked about doing this topic, we, of course, were like, but we love men. Yeah. So how we don't want to be like weird feminists. Yeah, we don't be like weird, raging feminists. And I'm like, but then we actually do. We, everyone should be, we should all be We feminists. should all be weird, raging feminists because no one else is going to do that except weird, raging feminists. Like, I mean, <laughs> and I, we I should mean, raise our sons to be raging yes. feminists. We yes. should raise our daughters to be raging feminists. And we shouldn't have any shame or fear mm-hmm. about saying, what is toxic masculinity? Let's talk about it. What is it? So my understanding of what it is, and I mean, I'm not a social scientist, so but I you don't did know. Initiate but, the I, but I did... <laughs> but I did call it out, is it's the concept of raising male children to only have certain male stereotypical gender roles and um, in stereotypical like um, emotional roles that they can play. So you are raising a son to only act in certain ways like macho and brave and strong and proud. Mm-hmm. And so you you put these very traditional male norms on them and that only gives them one lane in which to operate. And the consequences of doing that are many and and so it's been studied and stuff I think since like the 70s this has been like a concept but like the, they're so ingrained in our way of being and I think it's particularly acute in in like a place here which it has more traditional quote traditional values yeah um where you see the consequences and the fallout of that toxic masculinity culture being played out because boys are either forced into a mold that they don't fit in mm-hmm. so they reject it and and feel very lost, or and they act out on it in different ways. And they can question everything fundamental about them just exactly. because they don't want to accept the toxic masculine roles. Then they're like, what does this mean about my sexuality, my career choice, my artistic intentions, you know, my mm-hmm. soul, like my personal instincts. Like, How I interact with others. Like, I mean, mostly I think that you see the most of the worst fallout, I think, is in interpersonal relationships, is that people don't know how to behave in interpersonal relationships in a variety of ways. I don't think it just comes up in one way. I think it's either some people embrace that role and they force it on their interpersonal relationships or they reject it and then they feel very like lost and then they just embrace something that feels comfortable to them. But with that layer of, I was told to do this, I was told to do this throughout their entire lives. Like it's a really interesting concept. Yeah, it so really al- is. it's almost like not even ever authentic because it's either reactive mm-hmm. or forced. So it's like, what? Who men? Who do you really want to be? <laughs> this is a safe place for you. But it's true. I mean, and there's for sure toxic femininity. 
you know, but like we just aren't in a power position in society. You know what I mean? Like we're told sure. to be sweet. That's probably why we don't say we want to be feminists because that's not attractive or feminine to say mm-hmm. that. Well, and I think so. One of the things that struck me when I started working as an attorney because they're a lady lawyer, a lady lawyer. <laughs> it's like when there's when there's many like like women who have been in this career for a long time. It's a position that's still very dominated by men, and so women tend to take like one of two roles. They either go full on, like, I'm taking the hard line, I'm going to be a jerk in every situation that comes up, and I'm never going to No one's going to take me. Yeah, no one's going to tell me anything. Or they go, I'm Susie Nice Lady, and I'm just going to be super sweet and let everyone, even if they don't don't actually let people walk all over them, they take on the role of making everyone believe that. And Which I'm is like, manipulative. Like, you get yes. more flies with honey than with vinegar. Exactly. Watch me work. Which is literally mm-hmm. one of my least favorite phrases. My old boss, who was a toxic masculinity, like... <laughs> King. King. Yeah. King. I mean, <laughs> he, he was fully... That was a troubling situation on a lot of levels. But, I mean... He, he took that to another level, but I mean, truly, that is, it's just such a... Well, that colloquialism is essentially a repression of female attributes, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you're going to get more from me because I'm in control and I'm in power and I'm the man if you are sweet to me. Yeah, so if, if you're just nice, be, yeah. You know, but vinegar is like an antibacterial. It's a great <laughs> You don't want to repel men. Yeah. You want to catch men. Yeah, and I'm like, catch them. Bitch, I'm not trying to catch men. I'm not trying to <laughs> repel men. I'm not even thinking about it. Like, it's. I'm just trying to deal with myself in the world. Like, yeah. stop making this like, if I please men, I'll get further. Yeah. And if I make them mad, bad things will happen. And I'm like, what is this? Like, this is like the Let most... Let alone and afraid. I mean, there's there's something to be said about using your, like, what is innately feminine about yourself and about each other as women. I mean, we clearly have a power, right? Like, we have, we have a different... I really believe that women have a much higher, like, level of operating. <laughs> and I think we can use that to our advantage, but not in a freaking weird manipulative way and it's not about like turning men into like believing and casting a spell like it's not all about that it's just bring him in close and then whisper we have we have special (laughs) things about our brains and our chemistry and our biology that are hardwired that we can do different things and we have really amazing skills in certain areas and we need to capitalize on that and celebrate it instead of making it like well maybe if I'm just sweet yeah yeah if I the men of society will bestow their graces on me like screw you yeah (laughs) I know. Well, we had someone say the other day, like, we were, Heather and I were having a conversation with someone. They said, um, have them call their doctor uh, and have her call her doctor and have him call me. And it was like, him or he, she or he. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, how come it's a he? Yeah. Like, why is it? We didn't even flinch at first. No. We're like. No, until until we wrote it down. And then, yeah, and then, and then we realized and that she has a female doctor and had yeah. to add, like, he slash she said. <laughs> I know. And, it, it, it like, these little tiny subtle things that we just don't even realize are happening all the time, mm-hmm. you know? Well, even, I would just even point out, like, when we were talking about this hilarious toast that Kat made, I mean, the reason we wanted to have this be our topic is because this is, like, this is her gift, you know what I mean? This yeah. is her, like, to the world. Like, when we think about Kath, we think about her saying, and another evening ruined by toxic masculinity. And it was so ap- apropos. It was yeah. so funny. So funny. And 
clearly our night was not ruined, which is why it was funny. You know, like our lives aren't ruined by toxic masculinity. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we live good, wonderful, fun filled lives, but it is a sinister, constant presence. Mm-hmm. that we have just learned to accept and act on. So, like, when Dre and I were discussing, we are like, but we don't want to hate on men. And we don't want to sound like raging, fe- you know, we yeah. feminists. Yeah. But we actually do. I Why just, are we afraid to? But I think it's, like, about changing the the way that it's perceived to be a feminist. Like, it's such an old-school view of feminism to be like, oh, they're just a bunch of women burning their bras in the street. Like, mm-hmm. I'm certainly not burning my bras in the street. I'm like, I hold them tight. I'm like, <laughs> they I were very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to look my best. And, and I why do men care? Wouldn't yeah. they want us just, like, free nips for the world? <laughs> no. Please. I'm like, no one not. I don't even want this. Like, I, no one wants this. But, like, there's a difference between that and feminism, which is meant to be empowering women. Mm-hmm. And... When you're around women who are who are empowered and feel empowered, and you're like, so last weekend I was at the Women Lawyers of Utah retreat and uh, three Lady of, Lawyer retreat, Lady it's a Lawyer sleepover slumber party. Like, I mean, they legit. That's what we turned it into. <laughs> My three good friends from law school and I, we like shared a room and we had a hot tub in our room and it was lovely Aww. up at Deer Valley. We had the best time. Awesome. We like stayed up late and like chatted about life, <laughs> and I was just like, I am just so glad that I'm that I know these badass women who are all doing something completely different in their careers, but are crushing it in their respective fields, crushing it in their family lives. Like just, it's just really nice to be around people who are like that because I think we're confronted so often with, you're not old enough, you're not smart enough, you don't have enough gray hair. And I'm like, I'm never gonna have enough gray hair. Learn that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Never gonna have enough wrinkles. Acknowledge it. Yeah. Like, I'm no, gonna be hot. Move on. Still yeah. here. Yeah, still here. But like so you know, and I think that there's a lot of like amazing feminist role models now that are coming out and like we need to just not treat feminism like it's such a ugh, I don't wanna be a feminist. I'm like, Well you're a girl, aren't you? Like you should be a feminist. Yeah, be a you should be a feminist. Right? He should be a feminist. Yeah. You have a husband, he should be a feminist. Yeah. But first totally. and foremost women should not be afraid to be feminist. Like, you, have to you own should, it. Yes. Like, because if you're not going to support yourself, no one else is. Like, I mean, that's yeah. that's yeah. really yeah. the case. <laughs> that's so true. Who are your feminist icons? Do you have a feminist icon? Okay, let me tell you. Okay, can't <laughs> so glad you asked. Everyone's going to share. You're going to share next. What do you think? Can't you're not even going to be like, you're going to be like, what? But I watched that Beyonce homecoming thing on Netflix. I was like in tears. I was like, this woman is crushing it. This is her show. She's a badass. She's doing the show in her way. And you see how hard she worked to put the whole thing together beforehand. And she had like babies in the middle of it and all this stuff. And I'm like, women multitask like a mofo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No one multitasks better than women. She crushed it, detail oriented, involved in every step of the process. And she's just like, she's so inspiring. And you see all these Mm -hmm. people there who are just like, yeah, we love her. You know, like yeah. So honestly, she's it's infectious, and it's 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 like soul moving. No, you know? when Heather went and saw Beyonce last summer, like called me crying the next day, and she was like, "If Beyonce can do it, we can do it." 
She's made it okay. Shut up, Beyonce. It really like, was like open yeah. invitation to live, love, live, love, lab to Beyonce. We'd love to hear your tips and tricks. Uh, yeah, like some of your life hacks to be a powerful feminist that she, does it all. She's like, my life hack is being a billionaire. Yeah. My, my fact is that I'm motherfucking Beyonce. Okay. I'm like, yep, that's a pretty yeah. good life hack. Solid. Okay. But there was something especially hmm. moving about what she did at Coachella. I, I a lot of you probably know, but she incorporated high school marching bands and really yeah, that was so cool. the kind of, I don't even know what area they were from, but it was like... They're from historically black colleges. Historical black colleges, yeah. yeah. Historical black Ivy League colleges, right? Yeah, they're like this, like a system. They call them historically black colleges and universities, and they're like kind of all over. A lot of them are in the South, though. So, That's so cool. And it was just, it was, you felt the history like the historical precedence of it, but it was also phenomenal entertainment, you know, yeah. and great styling and everything was choreographed. And it was with, you know, I don't know if any of you have worked with a marching band, but you know what I mean? It was like, it's hard to make a marching band like epically Beyonce level cool, mm-hmm. which she did yeah. effortlessly and never distracted from one part of like their history, their talent, their abilities. And it was just, it was epic. One of my favorite things about that whole performance is that she wore, like, a hoodie through the whole thing. Hmm. Like, she wasn't even... She had lots of of cool, like, costume changes and stuff, but her main outfit was, like, a hoodie and, like, jean shorts. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, she's comfy. She's doing her thing. She's like, I'm freaking Beyonce. Yeah, I'm Beyonce. (laughs) And she was celebrating and raising up those around her. So she was not only, like, showcasing all of her abilities and talents and her Beyonce-ness, but she was, you know, rising... Up to meet the water level. What is that expression? You know what it's like. Like she rose to meet the challenge. Like yeah, for like sure. she and brought like, up everyone with her and like said, "You all have a seat at the table. I'm your. I'm going to champion you and like I'm going to give you a platform and an audience and which they probably have not historically had. True, and and I just think like changing the dialogue from being a certain brand of feminism that was incredibly powerful and important in like a historical sense, but I think you got to adjust with the times and maybe the certain version of feminism that emerged in the late 60s and 70s is not necessarily the version of feminism that is catchy or understandable even or applicable today. Like, I think it's a little bit different. How would you guys distinguish between the Me Too movement and Time's Up and, like, the feminism of the 70s? The bra-burning, like, Jane Fonda feminism, you know, nucleus to the Me Too Time's Up. Do you think that they are... One in the same? Do you think they're totally, you know, disparate? Or do you think they dovetail at some point? I mean, I think they dovetail for sure. I think that there are different um, underlying issues. Like, I don't think that the early feminists were talking a ton about, like, I don't know, sexual harassment. Well, early I just, they were just trying to get yeah, sexual I, Exactly. I, they were looking at being able to control their reproductive systems right that was like birth control and Mm -hmm. entering the workforce and the only way to enter the workforce is if you can control your reproduction because no one wants wants to hire a mom or whatever yeah they disrupt your career flow Mm -hmm. you know they it's very very difficult so it's like that was kind of like really personal and i feel like me two times up has become like we're holding the men accountable. Like, like we fought for our own seat at the table, and now we're going to hold you guys accountable for the way you treat us. That, that we're here, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I definitely <coughs> feel the same way, and I think a lot for me, 
personally, a lot of the Me Too thing was much, very much like a reckoning of, you know, women who who are my generation, we grew up having like the same opportunities. Like there's no question that I had the same opportunities to go to school and get a job and do all those things. I never felt discriminated against in any of that kind of concept uh, context. But then when I got into a workplace, you felt, mm-hmm. you felt yeah. the sort of demeaning tones or you felt you, you were the subject of either sexual harassment or of just I mean, outright just abusive behavior. Dismissal. Dismissal, things like that. And Me Too is about being heard. It's not just about being present. It's about being heard and being paid attention to and believed. And maybe the first chapter of feminism was about being present. I think, And I think it was. I think you have to get your foot in the door. And now once you're here, you're like, well, we're not just here. We didn't just want to show up. Now we have to be respected. Right. And and not treated appropriately. appropriately. I can't even tell you how many times I've been... (laughs) In a in a client meeting or something with a older gentleman client or something like that, and they go, "Oh, when's a lawyer showing up? Or are you the court reporter? Are you this?" And I'm the like, "Paralegal? Are you my assistant?" Yeah, and I'm like, "Nope, I'm the attorney. That's just me." Yeah, sorry Hi. that my esthetician is keeping this glow going. <laughs> sorry, we forgot to mention Cat is a beauty lover. <laughs> That's the prerequisite to be on the podcast. Of course. Do you have any like? Uh, just incidents that stand out to you where you were, where you felt it acutely and you just swallowed it or spoke out. I've never spoken out. Have you ever? Mm. I mean, I felt it acutely, but I've never said a word. I've always laughed and made sure they felt comfortable. Like, oh, I'm a cool girl. Don't worry. You're fine. You're fine. Yeah. Because we're all back, but you're fine. Because we're all cool girls. I mean, I think the only time, why are you laughing? She's like, I got one. (laughs) (laughs) So I remember one time, it was actually when I was working at Hoppa with you, and it was in the winter, and it was so, so crazy, and always so busy, and... Give us some context, you're how old? Okay, oh gosh, I, so it was... The year was? was (laughs) The year was 2006, (laughs) I was 26 years old, but I was a seasoned server I had been and you were a single mom yeah single mom and I had been waiting tables for seven years okay I knew what I was doing it's not like it was my first day on the job and I was really good I, I really was cat you can back me up crushed it 100 <laughs> percent. and I remember there was this man that I was waiting on and he did not like me like everything that I did bothered him and he was such a dick to me and like it, w- but it was a crazy night. It was like a Friday or a Saturday was he an night. Older man, yeah. A young he was man? older. He was like, like probably was in his fifties. Like white guy, okay. White fifty something hmm, year old. Surprising. Like, the usual suspect. Yeah. Typical. <laughs> yeah. He was there, I think, with his with like his son and daughter in law. His, <laughs> his daughter and son. It was like him, his wife, his, their their ch- like his daughter and son, and then like some friends. So it was like six of them. I know it was six of them because I remember exactly the whole setup and everything. And like, it had been a crazy night. And I was actually feeling really confident because I had done well. I'd made a lot of money that night. And they, this guy just was such a dick to me. He was Mm. so rude. And this is like one of the only times I've ever like said something, but I ended up, I had had it with him and I ended up pulling a chair up next to him. And I was like, you clearly have a problem with me. Because I was afraid I wasn't going to get a tip. And I was like, I had gotten there. I find there. in 
you know, when you're afraid you're not going to tip, confrontation <laughs> no. is the best approach. But, but that was the thing is that I know. Pull up a chair and just work it out. I, I figured I wasn't going to get a tip. And so you. I, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I may as well, like, confront it because I'm not getting money. I'm not going to get a tip anyway. And, like, at least I can feel good about myself by standing up for myself. And so I literally pulled up a chair. Do you remember those chairs? The, the yeah. Leather- <laughs> yeah, they were not ideal. Was the whole group kind of like, uh, no, what's it was, happening? It was very weird and awkward, but, like. And this is so out of my character. I know this you're like, like you no, don't I like that mad I respect because no. I'm like, and this is Elsha. Because I feel like Elsha would do this. Yeah, Elsha like, would do Can this. We talk through this. Yeah. And I, I pulled up the chair next to him. And I think that's what it was. Is like I had to be like an equal with him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I get the feeling that you don't like me very much. And I'm just wondering because this is my job and this is how I make money. What did I do that upset you so much that made you treat me like this? Mm. And he was like, totally taken aback and his whole demeanor changed his damn toxic masculinity was getting in the yes. way of him being a freaking normal person yes and he was like i God. i don't i mean i don't know he was like i guess i just felt like rushed and i was like it's that was never my intention i was like it's incredibly busy it's a friday night in park city in the winter and i'm like i have four or five other tables i was just trying to make sure everybody got good service did you not get good service like, did you not get your drinks when you asked? Did you not get the food that you wanted? And was there something that I could have done better? And he was like, I I mean, I, I guess not. He was like, I'm very sorry. And I was like, that's okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we shook. We like did a handshake. What was his wife doing? <clears throat> I don't, you know what? I don't even remember at all. Like at all. I, I just remember so proud having that friend. moment no with him. Idea. It's very unlike me, you guys. But it's very cool. But I, I really had had it. Like it had been a crazy night, you. and yeah. and like I really wanted to know because I did care. Like I was like this. Like people like me, and clearly this man doesn't. And I wanted to know, like, because I didn't think I was gonna get a tip. Yeah, like what am I doing? Yeah, and I was like, if I'm doing something that's pissing people off or that I'm unaware of, like I really do truly want to know, and. He apologized. He How apologized. was your tip? Did he? Did it was he well? great. Yeah, he he left me like just a normal like a twenty percent. I mean, after after tip. confronting for being an ass, you should leave like a fifty percent tip. Right. Minimum. I know, but he couldn't. But he was. I mean, I get it, but yeah, but that's probably like one He's of the. Probably never lived that down in his family. His I know. Wife I like, love that his wife and the kid was there. Yeah. But, yeah, but that I feel like that was that was my moment that I confronted it. That's. Really, honestly, the only time I can think of that I... But we could all probably share, like, five or six times where we've just eaten it. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, of course. Well, and, well, and most of the... I mean, I feel like most of the situations that have happened with me, like, the distinct situations I can really remember are situations where I, like, couldn't confront it. Like, the first time it ever smacked me right in the face, I remember it was when I was a third-year law student. I was down in the 4th District in Provo. I was appearing before this judge because you can, like, appear under well when you're a third year law student under this like certain rule or whatever and generally the court the judge calls every attorney by their last name mr so-and-so mrs so-and-so miss so-and-so whatever like that's just how it goes but he only would call me young lady and i was just like i was literally like barf (laughs) but like what am i gonna do be like judge i've got a name you know yeah yeah, like time and place like that wasn't it if you're he was not on my like good boys list who was gonna get to use miss jackson but so like but 
But he was, I was truly just like, how did this even happen just now? And it was really the first time that it like confronted me. And I was probably 24 years old at the time. Like I was, I was in fact a young lady. So I mean, factually he was correct, but like, it was just the way he was just like, it's oh, a little, dismissal. It's yeah, yeah little that miss is, yeah. cat. You and just, it's not equal. He's not saying young man and young lady. Exactly. He's saying Mr. Johnson and young lady. Yeah, I'm like you're talking to me like you're talking to your granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Go piss yourself. Like <laughs> yeah. go shit yourself. That's that's what I decided actually is better than saying like go f yourself because. That could be enjoyable. Because that could be enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. if you're, and he probably is. Anyway. Yeah, and I'm like, no, just go shit yourself because that yeah. sounds unpleasant. <laughs> and humiliating as intended. Do you, this is a thought that is, sounds horrible, but do you ever worry that um, you're going to face like an old school patriarchal white bread judge and because you're a woman, it puts your client at a disadvantage? Do you think the legal system is blind, truly, in Utah? No, it's not at all. No. You have to be better not, than your male counterparts. It is not blind, and you have to factor that into whatever you do. If you're in litigation like I am, where you appear in front of judges and you appear in front of juries all the time, yeah. I'm always thinking about how I'm going to be perceived. So I have never once tried a case without a ring on my wedding finger. like wow. red, Because I want to take that right off the table. I don't want them thinking about whether I'm some young hussy or whatever. I just want them to focus because on her the looks case. would lend themselves to that. <laughs> exactly, idea. they're like, "Well, look at her!" Like, like one glaze right with nothing the underneath. <laughs> Where's your stripper pole in your briefcase? I'm like, maybe like, this was a bad idea. <laughs> but Kat, you maybe even, the pasties are too much for court. <laughs> you've even told me though that you like give a lot of thought into what you wear to court. One hundred percent, you have to. Mm-hmm. Like, which is crazy. Like, women are much more judged than men are, and I remember one of my former partners telling me that. If we can, after a trial, we always try to get the jury to stay and talk to us, or we try to call them or whatever. But I mean, to just get feedback to get or feedback, whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah. To say what worked for you. We we want to talk about our own presentations, and we also want to talk about the case. So as as many times as we can, we try to actually get people to stay. And so when they do, it's like incredible. And I remember my former partner saying, someone pointed out my nail polish color. She had like red nails. For trial, and they thought that that was just too much. Too vampy? Like, too Yeah, they, they were just like, I was just really distracted by your nails. And wow. so you will never catch me. I mean, they are short. They are neutral during trial. Because I these are actually cool. very yes, cool. Not yeah, neutral. Really cute. You know, she has, like, kind of a matte taupe with, like, a little black triangle. Satan's symbol. You know, <laughs> at the cuticle. It's very, very delicate. I mean, conservative from far away, but up close, like, a little bit of... Yeah, a little fun because Jen, my nail girl, shout out to Jen Nelson, best nail gal on the planet. She's been my nail girl for like five years. Forever. She's she's truly incredible. She'll like call me like 6.30 on like a Saturday and I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm on my way to my nails. I'm like, your nail girl is like 6.30 a.m. Yes. She has a girl who's before me. On Saturday? What? Yeah. Yeah. Who does a full, like, she doesn't just do a I'm fill. looking at she, your nails and I'm understanding that. I mean, she's doing, mm-hmm. running. Yeah, again. I go yeah, tomorrow so morning. Good. So these are a little grown out, but like. <laughs> They're phenomenal. Yeah, she's. How she, do you pick honestly, your designs? Is she like, did she pick that? I found this one on um, on the internet or something. Do you ever go on Beauty Lab's Highlight Reel, the mannequin? Um, I always, <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> That's one of my Inspo. favorite things. I'm like, look at these. Because you always are trying to get me on the mannequin. And I'm always like, my <laughs> cuticles are bunk right now. Don't, because I'm very like, Jen knows. She's like set me up with a program. Like my cuticles are so much better than they were before. 
She's like, Kat, nails are very cool. Your cuticles were a tragedy, and now <laughs> I'm just sitting here. And I'm, I'm like internally, like I feel very sad because it's like, God damn it, you I have know. a lot to say, I and know. like I know some. And was it a woman who said your nails were distracting? So that was that was my partner's experience. But last summer, like, okay, so the last trial I had was last summer. We won the the trial, amazing, and it was yeah. a really tough case. So we get all the jurors together, and so we sort of ask for feedback on us. And one of the ladies on the jury who was about my age, I can't remember how old she was exactly, but she was in her 30s, and she said that I was severe. And I was like, and and I really try to be, like, almost overly nice and not aggressive because I... There's nothing severe Yeah, like I am literally like Mary Poppins. When I call them, yeah, (laughs) exactly. And it was so hurtful for like to me because I was even trying to be overly not confrontational because I recognize that in my profession and in just people are influenced by their inherent bias and I'm standing in front of a jury and I have to convince them to believe me and to side with my case and so I'm really trying to take myself out of it and just be neutral so anything that I think might be offensive about my personality like one of my things I do is I talk with my hands so I am like holding on to a highlighter that doesn't click for dear life during trial because I don't like don't talk with your hands yeah because I just want it to be neutral because I want the jury to hear my story but having that woman Tell me that I was severe. I was on the phone with my mom the entire way back from Provo from this trial. That I was just like, and this woman (laughs) said I was severe and I'll never work in this. Like, it it really, like, it discouraged me for, like, a good, a solid, like, 72 hours. I was like, I don't know if I can do this job. Because if, if I can be doing everything in my power to be just my best self and, like, truly just to be my best self... And someone is still going, mm, I didn't like you. I'm like, how, how can I ever get ahead? But You know you, what's yeah. mostly fascinating to me is that she knew and you knew that severe was a total cut, a total Such insult. a dig. But if yeah. you said to like a top male attorney, he's super severe, you're like, you'd be like, well, I better have my A game on. You wouldn't think, what a dick. You know, you well, think the criticism a man would be, in his power. You totally. Know? The criticism against a man would be, we didn't think that you were aggressive enough. So there's totally. that dichotomy. Yeah, there is. It's like it hits both sides. Yeah, because, it, you know, you would never see a man criticized for going after someone. Never. And really going after someone, even who's a sympathetic witness. But the second it's a woman, and like, usually I get stuck with, being the person who cross-examines, like, the very sympathetic plaintiff, just because... You're a woman. I'm a woman, it's going to come out, but I'm you're like, gonna maybe we should. You're going to hand her a Kleenex, you're going to, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like commiserate. We, we really tried to roundtable that afterwards, and I'm like, maybe we should rethink this, because I guess I am more aggressive than you, and maybe we should try to, div- like, divvy up the witnesses differently, but, but, but I think that goes to one of my... One of the things that, that frustrates me the most about, like not only toxic masculinity, but it, there's also something like toxic femininity where we don't, we don't freaking support each other enough. No, we mm-hmm. don't. That's, that's, we don't. Yeah. We don't. I, I knew, I just knew when we started talking about like the evaluation and the round table discussion afterward that like your biggest criticisms would come from other women mm-hmm. it, because it, we are programmed and 
you know, I don't know what that was about for her, but I know that like that is real, mm-hmm. you know? Well, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but like truly to really make our lives better, we need to support each other first. Like the women need to support one another because we can be our own worst enemies just by judging each other and competing with each other and competing. Yeah. And so like being threatened and afraid, like we all kind of live, I feel like under a blanket. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm just, you know, I feel like none of us are living to our true full potential based on our relationships, based on society, based on our cultural programming, based on a lot of things, you know, we play down every day and Mm -hmm. I would, a lot of women might not, but the women I know and love do. Yeah. And so when we see someone find their voice or kind of not even break the rules, but bend the rules or, or take a step forward, it somehow threatens the shit that we're eating every day, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, I don't get to be solid or severe or yeah. authoritative in any way. So I'm going to make sure you feel bad about yourself because you got to. I mean, yeah. it's just subconscious. I don't think mm-hmm. it's... Totally. But it's horrifying. Well, know? I think a good example, and I, I mean, I'm... I mean, I'll, I'll just say it, but a lot of people hate Kim Kardashian. They do. Mm-hmm. And, like, a lot of women hate Kim. But, like, if you if you strip off, I mean, all of the things, this is a woman who is married to a rapper who has, like, how many kids? Four. Four kids. And she is, like, crushing it. She like she, she has could, a global beauty empire. Yeah. She has a clothing empire. She has paid sponsorships. Yeah. She has um, a television production company. Mm-hmm. She has a, what is it called? Her law degree, like her practicing law. I, I mean that she's. I mean she's yeah, meeting she, with the president of the yeah. United States. She is getting people. It's um, all of these things that like like commuted from their prison yeah. sentences. Like it's all really impressive stuff. And why do people hate her? Probably because of her looks, maybe, or because, like, she has, like, she, you know, a sex tape out there or whatever. Well, jealousy is sort of, like, the, the bane. Like, jealousy breeds comparison and, like, that feeling of jealousy. Mm-hmm. and like Or, like, jealousy is, like, what makes us compare with each other and dislike people because we think, oh, well, aren't they so great because of this? But, I mean, really the root of jealousy comes from lack of confidence. Yeah, like, not feeling good about yourself. Yeah. Why are we threatened by this woman who like she could like she could just be married to Kanye and that could be a thing and that's it you know mm-hmm. but like she has made a name for herself and is like it, even if you don't like what she's doing respect the fact that she's doing it respect the hustle of yeah the, the hustle yeah. of it well, like her whole family i mean like that's mm-hmm. a family of all women basically <laughs> I know. and they're all just like allow me to make some more money. (laughs) I'm like, by all means, take me on your jet. I mean, have you seen, she posted a video of her private plane and it had like a king size bed in it. Uh I was like, yep. (laughs) Sign me up. I've seen the mountaintop and that's where I'm going. Muhammad, come to the mountain. Yeah. Like seriously. I mean, that was like, seeing that plane really made me so like, wish that I had something marketable. But like, if you hate, goes back to, oh, go ahead. If you hate Kim Kardashian, why, ladies? Why? Why? Like, she's doing her. She's not telling you to do anything else. Like, she's just being she's, who she is. And, and she, I look at her as a survivor and a fighter because I'll tell you right now, if a sex tape. If that sex tape leaks, <laughs> I, you know, know. I mean, when my, <laughs> my sex tape leaks. 
that's, you know, that's some big recovery. Yeah. And to yeah. say, you know, and to open up your life to the cameras and to all of it is, is very brave and very yeah. cool. And not, she doesn't do anything trifling. I mean, she has used her audience for purpose and for change. And, you know, I, I think there's an authenticity to that that is like just totally cha- a game changer. You know, yeah. it's a game changer for all of us. Totally. Well, frankly, she's pretty like non-controversial. Like when it comes to, she doesn't, you know, like I was mad at Kanye for like a long time about the whole like MAGA thing. And I'm like, yeah, that's, totally. not, that's not a cute, it's not a cute move. However, he then came out with this album recently and I was like, okay, you're okay, still well, cool, like, boo. Wow. You out Jesus is King. I was like, sure. all right, this is pretty awesome. But, like, it's not like Kim Kardashian is coming out and being like, let me tell you how you should think. Yes. Because right. yes. that's where I start objecting to people is, like, don't tell me what to think. And if you stand for something that I'm like, uh, I don't really love that, like, I think I have a right to be like, you're not my favorite person. Now, do I think she's maybe, like, the role? I don't I don't know. Like, there's she's a person. And right. she's yeah. doing really well by her own right. She's taken what it is that she's been given, which is, like, a place of incredible privilege and a lot of power and turn that into something that's really an empire for her. And she's mm-hmm. made it probably a great life for her kids and her whole family. Awesome. Yeah. Like she made that entire family into something. Yeah. So I'm like, you got to like celebrate that. Plus she's gorgeous. And I just like looking at her. It's like, <laughs> no. so true. That Met Gala look with the, oh my the wet look. <sighs> The wet, I know, the wet, the out the, of the, the shower hair. This year I know. The Met Gala, so last year it was camp, right? And yeah. this year yeah. it's. Oh, um, did you see it? It's like like Louis the Thirteenth. It's like or Louis the Fourteenth. It's like giant dress. What is time? It's what is time? So it's about. But it's time. based on like that one movie. Like they showed a bunch uh, of pictures. Yeah, this movie where they like she travels through time. Yeah. I, oh, it's gonna like be a awesome. Weird romantic, yeah, but not weird. <laughs> Unique, independent, romantic film. I like weird. About time, isn't it? Positive. Weird is positive. Yeah, weird is great. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, do you, would we have as much respect and admiration and influence if Kim Kardashian was not epically beautiful? I Probably mean, not. that's, a, that's a tough question. However, I mean, I would cite to like, you know, maybe like a Lizzo type character who's really just coming, but maybe she's a product of the time where these other women have opened the door because it's a process. Like mm-hmm. you can't. You can't change even female perspectives overnight. You can't change male perspective overnight. Like, it's a it's a process of sort of, like, awareness, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you have to start with certain people who are kicking open the door. Like, you talk about all these feminists for, for women, and then they're opening the door just to, like, be heard. And then you start having the people who are coming out and being heard, mm-hmm. and they're, they're the people that follow in that footsteps. And then there's people being different manifestations of, like, a badass female who are really respected not only for, like, whatever they do, but... Also, their appearance. And I mean, I don't, I also don't think that having, like, taking pride in your appearance is necessarily a negative. No. I don't think it's everything. No, I mean, it's obviously, I mean, like, hold on. It's You're like a beauty lab. Right? Yeah. Yeah. This is like, like beauty lab yeah. and laser. But I, I had the conscious thought, like, do your looks work against you? Because you're hot. Do, do people not take you as seriously? Do judges and juries or clients or other attorneys not take you seriously because... You're so beautiful. Really hot. But she's not like just classically beautiful. I mean, her outfit, her accessories, her hair is done, her brows, her nails, her lips. Like she's hot. Mm -hmm. She's leading with beauty. And the smarts, I feel like, is this like whole other, you know. 
the game. I think there's certain people who have a quality where they can really be sort of like overtly beautiful and sexual almost. And like that's like their power move. I definitely adjust my like I look really young and I know that. And so that impacts me negatively a lot. I I mean, there's a lot of times. Young lady. When are we going to bring the attorney in? You're too young to be an attorney. I'm like, I've been doing this for a decade. (laughs) Good genes. Yeah, like, I'm Mm -hmm. sorry that I'm, like, trying to Mm -hmm. keep it high and tight. But, like, Mm -hmm. this is just the way that I look. So, yes, like, I'm, I'm very... But again, like, I guess maybe because I'm in litigation where I'm very aware of how our appearances impact people's impressions, I do try to change. Like, I would never go the way I'm dressed today in leopard and leather. Yeah. Like Leopard leather with a black lacy camisole, tits on point, little gold chains, some hoop earrings. Yeah, wouldn't show up out, to, like, a brows, client meeting lips. with an old white doctor or something. Sure. Who, who are a lot of my clients. And I can tell within the first 10 minutes of our conversation whether he's going to respect me for just my job and, like, recognize that I do a good job or whether it's going to be a thing where it's, like, I'm just thinking about how young you are. Let me yeah. tell you about my granddaughter. Let me you like, around the desk. Yeah, like, gross. Pick up this pencil that it, I just accidentally exactly. knocked off. Exactly. And so, like, but when I go to court, you have, you will not see – my hair is in this low bun. I'm in, like, some pioneer, like – because I just want to take it off the table. Like, yeah. I yeah. Really is it ever off the table? Up. I guess that's what I'm asking. Is it ever off the table? I think it just helps to negate it. And and I don't try to put it in anyone's face because it's – when I go to court, I'm not there for myself. I'm there because I'm representing someone. I'm literally standing in the shoes of someone else. And so I try to minimize my own – Individuality. Me, yes. Yeah. I try to – like the meanness of it is just – You're a vehicle. Just, you're an advocate. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I just – I try to I just, want to be a window to his love. <laughs> so when you look at me, you will see the client. I want to stand so pure and tall that you won't notice me at all. <laughs> Is this a church song? It is, yeah. Oh, well, it's my a song, God. That's you know? going to be my next opening <laughs> argument. Like, my opening statement at next trial. I'm like, yeah. I want to be <laughs> a window to the truth. Yeah. It'll, I think I think that'll play well. I mean, I, I understand that. And as an advocate, I mean, do you prefer litigating before a female judge or a male judge? And just be honest. We'll, disguise, we'll hide, disguise your name and identity and firm. A male judge. Women are way more critical of each other than... No, I, I feel the same thing. I'm like, you'll win slam yeah. dunk any case. For sure. But a woman judge is going to like... But Which is sad and it drives horrible. me nuts because I'm like, I support you being a female judge because I know this is hard and I know you have male colleagues and, I know, and I'm sure you struggled all the yeah, way through just like respect. I have to get there. And I'm like, I'm in your corner, but why are you not in mine? Right. Like, yeah. it, <laughs> we really need to like... Start bringing in the sister circle and just raise each other up. And it sounds, sometimes I feel a little bit like old timey with it, you know? It's, Where, and sometimes um, it feels trite, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. babes empower babes, but, but, they but do. it's real. It's but real. The reason yeah. we're saying it, the reason we're making it a hashtag, the reason we're like repeating it is because we're not empowering each other. Mm-hmm. We're not supporting each other because society, and it's not our fault, and it's not unique just to us, you know? Society has not created a system where um, supporting each other benefits us. Competition is the name of the game. So competition, you know, mm-hmm. basically pines us as enemies against one another mm-hmm. because we're competing for the scarcity of the good men. Yeah. And they've, I mean, that's what, I'm not going to say they, the men. 
the toxic masculine men of that's what but it's like society our world is conditioned us right. to believe we're all conditioned and that we're way. smart and we're ambitious and we're like woke women and so the competition is implicit yeah and so it's going to take us basically like Jane Fonda storming the streets you know to like evoke absolute change and at the same time I think we are afraid to change things because in many ways as the women we are white beautiful privileged women the competition serves us you know what i mean yeah which is a horrible horrible thing to say but it's like we're not going to like that's you know what i'm saying it's but like if there's one thing that i would say like that i that i want like anyone to take away from a, a, a thought process about being feminist or supporting feminist viewpoint is it's like that doesn't mean that you're like I want to split dinner every night. I want, you know, <laughs> yeah, I want to do sure. my own thing. I'm like, no. <clears throat> Chivalry <laughs> is completely different from feminism. Like, yeah. there's, there's like a... Like, don't it, bring fem, feminism, like, into the bedroom. Like, right. Yeah. Like, I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I want my door held open. I want someone to freaking pay for dinner. If you're not... I mean, when I was briefly dating, you know, after I got divorced, <laughs> I was like, if you don't pay... I, you will never see me again. Like, yeah. if you're like, who oh, do you want to split this? I'm like, I don't. You consider that <laughs> like, a double standard. Not. Do you consider that a double standard? If guys are listening, they're just like, bitch, exactly. You know, you want us to pay for the bill, but you don't want us to, like, get the power, you know. I'm like, right. don't you want to nut up and pay for the <laughs> freaking $20 tab for our two drinks? Don't because you want to be what? a man? He yeah. probably makes more money on the dollar. Probably you know not. what I mean? Well... <laughs> But I mean, but I mean, like men versus women, they do make more than us. I just just think they owe us. I think they honestly owe us for hundreds and thousands of years of oppression that they should freaking pick up the tab. It's reparations. (laughs) It's reparations. You just like, if they don't know what that word means, you don't want to date them anyway. It's more like being treated like a queen, as in like, well, you, you should just pay because. I went out with you. Yeah, but like, I don't have any of that in terms of like, um, I I like it because I know that it designates respect and I know that it means it's that a respect they value thing. That's me. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And I hate in a way that it means that they value me more or that they have pure intentions because they're willing to hold open the door. They're willing to like pick me up and not meet me somewhere. They're willing to pay for things. Like somehow that has been absolutely programmed into my value and worth. Could be. So that's yeah. why I hold that, you know, importance to that. But the truth is, like, you know, you want them to, like, do those things because they, not because culture indicates they should, but because they instinctively, like, they want do to. worship yeah. you. Yeah. They love you. They want to see you happy. They, they want to see you laughing. They want to, yeah, they want you to feel safe and feel provided for and feel all the things that, like, toxic femininity has programmed in us. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, I think that, Anytime you have a man who like just does those, and I'm not saying they gotta do it like for the rest of the time that you're together. I mean, there's a there's a freaking like there's weeks. a time and place. Like at some point you you're gonna get a joint credit that. card, but I'm still expecting you to put it down. Like, yeah, call me old fashioned, but like I'm like yeah, you're gonna just deal with it. And Tim Tim goes, you never even look at the check when it comes. I'm like yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> On purpose. That's where you come in. It's still our joint credit card, but I'm like yeah. Yeah, I'm not paying for this. You are in <laughs> spirit. <Norfane. laughs> it is fascinating. 
but you know what? He held the door. He got my car door every single time for like the first two years that we dated. Like, and I was like, Tim is actually like, I was like, who is this man? I'm a big fan. I just met him on Halloween ish, right before. No, you met him at my birthday. Oh, I met him at your birthday. Yeah. Briefly. I think it was because mm-hmm. he, we were like there. And I didn't make out with him until Halloween, <laughs> but I <laughs> met him. Yeah. At and your it birthday. was beautiful. <laughs> Tim Tim's is so a great. good man. And the thing is, I've already attributed like all these qualities to Tim because Tim loves you. And like that to and me he loves is his like, mom. there's and something about this man. That. Yeah. That is like deeper, smarter, more evolved than like the men I've met to this point. You know what I mean? Because yeah. to love and appreciate Kat for, like, all she is and to, you know, stand toe-to-toe kind of yeah. is, like, absolutely impressive to me. And I recognize that that's part of my, like, patriarchal programming, but that's how I feel. Like, I know that he has to have, like, a good soul because I don't think you would tolerate anyone without one. I mean, I did. <laughs> we all have. True. We all yeah, do. We all True. have. Yeah. But, you know, I... I it's we're all growing we're all in the, like no one has all the answers i don't have all the answers i mean i know kind of how i feel about i feel like myself in the in the workplace and in my job environment in my career my, and because i don't have any children like my career has been the sole focus of my life but you've been with life. him for how long like two three. it's been three yeah it was and you've been in your house for a you couple lived, years you've been yeah. together for two years uh-huh and marriage is on the horizon or not on the horizon or not even a topic? I mean, I feel like it's a topic because I told him, I was like, if you asked, I'd say yes. But <laughs> it's not that important, frankly. But I you mean, wear a fake ring when you litigate. Yes, because I think it here, maybe if I live somewhere else. Yeah. But you, I yeah. think when you're a trial lawyer, you're very sensitive to like cultural standards yeah. and stuff. And so I just, I think most people would... I think then they're not like, oh, who is she? Or Oh, yeah. Like, if I'm a juror, I'm going to tell you straight out. Like, if I'm a juror and, like, you're married, I think, well, someone's managed her. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, someone's, like, she, keeping yeah, tabs yeah, on she her. Yeah, she yields to she someone, to someone. at least her husband, you right. know? Yeah. Like, and, and that somehow makes you credible. I know. It gives you credibility. And it makes me sick to say that because as a single person that will never remarry, like, I know that my credibility is, I know that I'm, like, devalued because of that. Right. Ultimately, completely devalued. But it's fine if society wants to devalue me because I feel like marriage devalued me. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, sixes. It's sixes. <laughs> no, I think that makes a lot of sense. And you, I think when you go to court and you're in front of a jury, you're not you, – you're acting a little bit. You're yeah, well, you're, you're not doing it for you. It's not about your platform. Exactly. It's about your client, and you're advocating for your client. So you're going to do whatever it takes for them because you're doing your job. Yeah. You know, and so it's not about, like, if it takes me I am pulling my hair. Me roar. Yeah, yeah, like, now is not the time to right. show up and be, like, Miss Sexy Lawyer. Yeah, I'll take my nails off. I'll wear Vaseline on my lips. Like, exactly. it's not about me and what I have to say. It's about your case and you being heard. Right. And so I just want to be as neutral as possible. And so, yeah, like... I mean, it's just one of those, it's one of those things that's, it's, it's a bummer and I wish that that wasn't the case, but I'm also, uh, like aware enough to be like, this is the way it is. This is the way people are going to see me. So I'm not exactly going to be like, well, screw it. They should think something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Well, good luck with that. It's, and you would, you might work. be that way if you weren't, you know, advocating for someone who doesn't care about your position on feminism. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All they need to do is be heard and be given a fair opportunity yeah that's not the time and the place to like take a stand I guess I'm just gonna say this and I know that it's probably 
I might be wrong, so change my mind, but I don't think men consider that. I don't think they get dressed and think, what does Miss Mathers need me to represent for her to get her case heard? They don't think in that empirical, you know, empathy Mm -hmm. way, like, I'm going to actually speak softer and change my tone because... You know, because there's women on the jury yeah. that they're, they're like going to do them, and they're like, yeah. "Come hell or high water, mm-hmm. I'm right," and you know, accept what I'm saying. And so right. that's just an interesting observation. Well, but. because society dictates that men can, if they're, you may not like someone, like you may form an opinion about a male attorney, and we've heard this from jurors. You jurors sometimes form an opinion. They're like, "Wow, he was really aggressive, or he was annoying, or he was too loud, or he seemed mean, or whatever." They always seem to turn it back around as he's doing his job. Mm-hmm. As but opposed he's to when it's a woman doing it, it's like, it's not her doing her job. It's like, oh, that's a reflection on her character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dang, we're all just doing our job. Yeah. And, and you're doing your job more than anybody because you are like making personal, you know, independent sacrifices in order to further the claim of your client. And so it's really a plug to hire a female attorney because <laughs> they're going to work harder for you. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to factor in all of the non-negotiables that you're, that only a woman in the world is aware of. Yeah. I mean, I, I really do think that we have, we have superpowers. We're able to connect with people and we can really develop a rapport with people much quicker than, and we're more sensitive to when someone's giving you those visual or verbal, nonverbal cues when mm-hmm. you're talking to someone. I mean, I can be sitting in a deposition, we can be four hours in and it's like, oh, somehow we've hit on this topic and I can tell that you're responding to it. So then we get on a, on a riff and now I'm getting like information from you because you're like willing to talk to me because you trust me and we have a relationship mm-hmm. now. So, I mean, I love being a girl it's yeah. the best thing ever. Feminine wiles work for you. It totally does. But, you know, you have to recognize where maybe everyone else hasn't come up to the to the same, same place. Level. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for sure. Do you who is your feminist icon? Oh my god. Other gosh. than Beyonce. Other than Beyonce. I know you said Beyonce, yeah, but who is yours? Yeah. I forgot um, that she had said I mean I remember. I mean, obviously. we've talked about mine. Mine is probably I think Frida. Yeah. Kahlo. Oh, she's, oh my God, that's my sister's favorite. Really? She, oh my gosh, she like loves Frida. Yeah, I just think she's so powerful. I've I've talked about it before, but I I love that she embraces who she is and doesn't apologize. She's the hardest life. Yeah, yeah. And I love that she had a really powerful husband Mm -hmm. and she's. Who I guess was kind of a jerk. I mean, not shocking, but like she still, like people recognize her name. Not necessarily mm-hmm. his. Like, you know. Yeah, Diego Rivera yeah. is an like, afterthought. Yeah, and I I am impressed. I love her. Mm-hmm. What about I lo- you? I love Frida. I do. I, I champion any woman who doesn't let the tragedy of their life be their legacy, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Because I don't want to say, like, nevertheless, she persisted. <laughs> but that I do have mad respect for that. Yeah. My... True feminist icon. I don't want to get emotional. Is Dolly Parton? You are so into Dolly lately, and I love it. It's always. Are you listening life. to yeah. the podcast? Dolly's Dolly. America. Yes. Yeah. So, like the story. I mean, I've always had a deep, 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 deep love for Dolly because my parents introduced me to her, and she's so um, overtly feminine mm-hmm. and yeah. unapologetic about what how much personal maintenance it requires to even be remotely attractive to be Dolly Parton which is exhaustive you know and like we understand that too it like if I could just 
wake up and put on a sh- suit and deal. You know, I, totally. feel, I feel like I could be so much more effective in the world. But, um, yeah, do- but I think I fell, fell in love with her when she wrote Traveling Through for the movie that Felicity, Felicity Huffman starred in, Transamerica, mm-hmm. about being transgender and and just the plight of that. And I felt like for this Christian, white, backwoods, Tennessee woman, you know, to be able to trans to have the empathy to write a song that was just so rich and so powerful, like just completely moved me and I was sold. And also, you know, my history is that I've never wanted to claim being a feminist. You know, I'm just like, mm-hmm. pro men, 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 you know, screw women. <laughs> and Dolly, is, I feel like, is conflicted and she won't call herself a feminist, but she's the most, you know, yeah. prolific feminist because she has fought so hard. But then when I heard that podcast and heard what she did for her first business partner, Porter Rockwell, you know, she, uh, after he lost his fortune and sued her for a million dollars and tore apart in the press and devastated her, when she found out that he was sick and destitute and dying, she bought his entire royalties and then gave them to him as a gift for his children and and was with him on his deathbed. That's amazing. And, um... It just showed this level of emotional maturity that I, you know, long for. But I love Dolly, and I think the podcast has been so huge. Dolly's yeah. America. Have you listened to it? No. Oh, my it's, God. No, it's, but it's I, I'm going to. I'm going to. It's so I'm good. Going to. And so, yeah. And it's think, just really fascinating. Like It's fascinating. And Dolly, is, she's smarter, and her songs are so beautiful. And, you know, as a fledgling songwriter... <laughs> David Ramirez. <laughs> I truly, truly admire her. So, like, we have Beyonce, we have Frida Kahlo, and we have Dolly Parton. And, like, that's pretty good company. It is pretty good company. Mm-hmm. I love that. I know. <laughs> well, I feel like that we should end it on that note. In I know the name we, of Dolly Parton. I know we have Amen. a good bash, but let's save it for next week. We'll save it for next week. I know, because I love just the vibe that's happening yeah, right I, now. We all are. Girl Basking power. In, Girl in, power. There's a rose glow. Yeah. <laughs> in the room. I know. Um, well, Kat, thank you so much for joining Kat, us. Kat, you're going to be a thank fan effing favorite. So we already much. feel it. You're I can so feel good. it. It was a delight to come here and chat with <laughs> two of my favorite babes. Thank you so much for coming. We hope our message was received in the way that we wanted to share it. Um, but yeah. I love all the girls. You. You girls, girls, know your know your power, know your know spirit. Your power. We're here for you. We We're here it. for it. We're here for you. <laughs> women support women, and the lab loves you. Yes. And remember, life, life is short. short. Bye, Bye the lips. <laughs>